the guidance in you wants that for your child. The control in you is jealous because they get it and you didn't. Say that part again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like? That jealousy can creep in easy. I caught wow. myself being jealous of my kids because I don't have what they had. If life happened to them outside this house, they could come back here. I can't go to my mom's house. I'd be on the news. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? We have our children are older. We didn't put them out when they turn 18. We want them to be here, figure themselves out, go to school, learn a skill. And then, you know, so they can move out and stay out. Right. But then I'm grateful that I can help provide that for them. Exactly. And it's completely normal for you to feel that. Like Like, this is the generational curse breaking shit I'm talking about. And so for me, just like we carry generational weight in our body from all the previous generations of black trauma, we carry trauma in our genetics. We also carry joy. There is only one you, and that is your superpower. You can't F that up. However, you can get stuck. That's why I created this space called Unstuck Yourself with Crystal Simmons. Unstuck Yourself is about figuring out what has you feeling frustrated, isolated, or depleted of energy so that you're able to unstuck yourself on your journey through life when you don't know how to move forward. Unstuck yourself in your career that no longer excites and challenges you. Unstuck yourself with negative thoughts that seem to be doing cartwheels in your head consistently. I don't have the answers. You do. You always have. I'm providing the time, space, and grace for you to reconnect to that knowing. I'm Crystal Simmons, coach, speaker, and facilitator, and I'm grateful you made it here. Let's begin to unstuck yourself. Hey, hey, peeps, it's Crystal, coach, speaker, and podcaster, and I support my clients by uncovering mindset blocks and shifting their energy, which leads them to making progress towards unstucking themselves with ease, clarity, and a sense of freedom to choose. As life keeps lifing, I'm here to share Crystal's triple A's to increase your awareness to what is and isn't working as you enhance your abilities to take actions. Peeps, guess what day it is? It is interview episode day, which is my fave. And this one had me laughing, gasping, questioning my own thoughts right in the very moment with this dope ass human. Oh, and just a little caveat. You might want to take this time to listen to this episode by yourself. We use very colorful words to express our excitement And we're talking about a topic that maybe you don't want other people around listening to, if you're at work or something like that. Take heed to the explicit content (laughs) label on this episode and listen at a time where you can fully enjoy this conversation. And I'm so excited to share this with you. We have the dopest, the most educated, the most amazing sexologist, Goody Howard, MSW, MPH, which is a master's in social work and a master's in public health. She is a award-winning sexologist, educator, and consultant. She provides pleasure and professional development workshops worldwide. Worldwide. Her authentic and enthusiastic presentation style allows her audiences to connect quickly to the concepts and enjoy learning about sexual health, pleasure, and human variance equity. She makes pleasure, inclusive, comprehensive sex education accessible, intentional, and fun. 
While Goody's pleasure focus offerings are her most popular classes, she also teaches relevant career development workshops for educators, social workers, and healthcare providers. Join the Goody Gang, email list, and connect with Goody online at Ask Goody, A-S-K-G-O-O-D-Y, on most social media platforms. Also, her website is askgoody.com. I will have more information where you can find Goody at the end of the episode. But y'all, please enjoy this time. Make sure you share this. Go ahead, hit the share button. It looks like a little Pac-Man mouth with two little balls on the end. Share with two peeps because this is an episode you don't want to miss. If you are listening, share this with two dope peeps right now, especially those with children. We got to be accountable, peeps. Enjoy this episode. It was so much fun. I cannot wait. Hey, hey, peeps. The purpose of the Unstuck Yourself with Crystal Simmons podcast is to not only highlight my personal stuck moments and experiences, but to also create a space and community for others to share their stories, their voices, and experiences as well. And we have the lovely Goody Howard here. And before we dive in into all the dopeness that you're creating and building, please let the peeps know who little Goody was that paved the way for the current Goody. That sits before me today. Oh wow! Um, I mean, it's, it's a plethora of things, right? I'm an ambivert, so I'm an introvert and an extrovert because I don't really like people, but I love people. But I want to be by myself. <laughs> um, um, but I've always been the freaky friend, so and, and I love to learn. So, if we're having conversations, or someone asks me a question that I didn't know the answer to, I was gonna go look it up and find out, and that just put me in this rabbit hole of pleasure and society and culture. And it was just all the things that I love all in one place. And I'm talking about like, I'm card catalog, Dewey Decimal System years old. Okay. So I'm at the oh, library wow. looking, looking it up. It wasn't no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We on microfiche. We not, we not um, Googling anything at this point. So, I mean, so it just kind of layered. And so I, my bachelor's is in business. Okay. So I was doing financial things and accounting things professionally. And this kind of stuff happened on the side. And like, so this, I kept going to this one lady's parties. Like my friends kept having toy parties, but it was the same woman doing the presentation. And she was like, you're asking these questions and giving this feedback. You need to be doing this work. And I was like, mm, I don't like sales. I don't like people. <laughs> but <laughs> but I was like, I'll do a party for you. Right. Mm. And so that's back in the day when you get a kickback. Like a, you, if you make money, this percentage, you get this percentage. And she was like, listen, you made this much money in sales. Right. So I'm going to put like $75 with this and we're going to get you a kit because we wow. have a sale on kits. And it was a black lady. And I, we're still cool today. Her name is Risha Danae. How long and ago was I'm, this? 2008, okay. seven. yeah, 2007, 2007, because it was after a big breakup. I remember now, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 2007. Um, and so she put some money with it and I got a kit and it's like Mary Kay for dildos, right? So you have to <laughs> differentiate yourself from the other people doing exactly what you do with the exact yeah. same products. So I started doing like little tips and little tricks and little blowjob stuff, little position stuff. And people were like, I would pay for this without the toys. I know, you know that's right. And my business degree said, ding. 
So I just kind of <laughs> fleshed out workshops from these little tips and tricks and started doing that and then selling the toys as a part of the workshop. Uh-huh. So then I started, I found my own wholesalers because the company I was working for is not even in business anymore. They were bought out, but they were just trying to move product. They weren't trying to educate or empower. And so I just did some research about my own wholesalers. So now I have, I have like six wholesalers that I work with, five domestically, one internationally to kind of, you know, where I source my products and things. And, you know, so it's not the hierarchy that it was. And people want to like be affiliates for Goody. They want to be like Goody gang representatives (laughs) and like do toy parties for me. And so that may be something that I bring about in 2023 is like, having like goody gang parties and having people be able to do that and maybe train to my standard and, you know, they get a yeah. kick. I don't know. I'm working. I have, I have some wheels turning on that. It just kind of has blossomed into this thing. And with the pandemic, like I, I speak on campuses and all that kind of stuff. And then with the pandemic campuses closed, Oh, I lost $10,000 the first week of the shutdown. Wow. And I was just, and I wasn't even making money like that, but when it came, it came, honey. So I was yes. excited because I had like four bookings at these four different schools and they all shut down. And I've been saying, well, I need to start, you know, doing the internet, the social media thing. I mean, because everything was word of mouth at that point. And wow. I was still traveling and doing international stuff and getting booked all over the country, just word of mouth kind of stuff. And so when I started having this online presence, I was trying to find my voice, trying to make my online presence as engaging as my offline presence kind of thing. What can I get away with posting without getting, you know, shut down by the social media gods, like, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And so I was still too getting, getting two master's degrees at the time as well. Once I finally finished my second master's degree in 2020, I fully started to engage in social media and it really just started to blossom into what it is now. And it's continuing to grow. Um, and it's funny because I do this, this pleasure stuff, but I also do professional development as well. So I do corporate training for social workers, educators, and healthcare professionals. What? <laughs> Around uh, human variance equity, which is my answer to DNI. Mm. Human variance equity is my response to diversity and inclusion because DNI is more like, hey, others, welcome to the mainstream. Hey, mainstream, here's how you tolerate others. Yeah. Right. Whereas mine, human variance equity is a framework that I created where it shows you to pay respect, to show respect in every way that humanity shows up naturally. And so it's not it's not about inviting them into it's about making space for. And Ooh. so it's a framework that I'm trying to trademark now. Um, so if you hear anybody say human variance equity or you say human variance equity yourself, cite Black women, cite Diddy Howard, MSWMPH. You don't have to throw my alphabets on there, but I like to because people get it twisted sometimes. Um, yes. <laughs> because, you know, my student loans say that. I know, mine. that's right. So, um, <laughs> but so I do that kind of stuff. And I also teach, um, I do comprehensive sexuality education for educators at different grade levels. So K mm-hmm. through two, three through five, six through eight, nine through 12, and collegiate. Healthcare providers, I talk about sex and aging, sex and disability, trans support, right? Reproductive justice and birthing health, like all these different things that kind of come into play when you as a helping professional create a culture. I used to want to teach, I, that's why I do the pleasure and the professional, because I used to want to do these kind of workshops for lay people. Lay people really don't care. Mm-hmm. And I would have to have so many different versions of my workshops for different capacity levels or age groups and all these things. And it just gets kind of infinite. So it's like, I'm going to shift culture by shifting culture leaders. 
And so that I was like, it's because I wanted to do it in nursing homes. And I was like, oh my gosh, the capacity, I'd have to do Alzheimer's and lucidity levels. And all. I was like, no. So I said, I was going to start doing the, the trainings for the staff. And so that creates a more sex positive culture in general of the space, which in, in the end result will help improve culture and shift culture. And so I'm thinking to myself, one of my things I'm always saying is if it's not accessible, it's not revolutionary. And I consider myself a revolutionary. And so I really do try to make what I do accessible. And I attach my professional development, the workshops that I offer are attached to uh, continuing education credits for their licenses. Healthcare providers and things like that, they can get CEs for their licenses for my sex and aging, for my sex, gender, and orientation, for my navigating pronouns, right? Um, I even, even on the fun stuff, um, in the state of Texas, I provide continuing education credits for marriage and family therapists for my oral sex workshops. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> right, I'm going to jump in because okay. it's my mind is exactly like <laughs> in the best way though, like my body, my chin is like tingling. Like it's, it's, I need the people to understand because you mentioned social media and I have so many questions, but I'm gonna hit this one first. You were speaking about your presence on social media. I found you by way of uh, James Harris, call himself the black therapist. Oh, had posted, and in my brain, I had told myself, I wanted to speak to someone who is a sex professional educator. Cause I already knew that was my vulnerable spot. I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to talk about it. I don't know that much about it. Like I know what I know. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm not a expert at it, you know? Right, right, and right. so when he posted about you and I went to your page, her page is like so entertaining, but so <laughs> clear and just mm. like, oh, this is good. Not like some people might look at sex when we talk about sex, where it could be kind of derogatory, kind of like, ah, that's ugh. Or like kind it's, of a salacious or offensive. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Salacious yeah. and offensive, but and all of yours, like, oh, I'm like, oh, what is that? It got me curious versus what tends to happen when people talk about certain things. I'd be like, ooh, can we talk about that? Is that okay? Like, I have to actually go through like a checklist yeah. in my brain, which I am working on thus while we're talking. But shout out to James yeah. for having you. Um, or he posted about you because I was like, oh, I'm gonna reach out and thank you for responding. You mentioned you were always a friend who were who was curious, but mm-hmm. at what age? Well, the first question I had, because I asked some of my listeners, because I told them I was talking, I was really excited. (laughs) And they're like, well, who does she have to talk to when she was younger growing up about sex? Who was your mm-hmm. go-to or did you, or was it the library? Like you were saying, I, um, honestly, my mother is a nurse and mm. she was very, um, uh, intentional about teaching us about the mechanics of sex, right? Yeah. Um, we did not discuss the social impacts of sex. We did not uh, discuss the internal changes and challenges of sexual activity, but I knew what it was. I knew the right names for everything. I knew what a condom was. I didn't know how to use it, but I knew what a condom was. I knew not to get get pregnant. That's yeah. what I knew. <laughs> Um, but like with the mechanics of sex, we were very much aware of different kinds of sex, so oral sex, anal sex, vaginal sex. We were aware, like all the diagrams. I have amazing A&P knowledge, anatomy and physiology knowledge because of my mother, you know, but, but we didn't talk, like I said, we didn't talk about the social impacts of sex. We didn't talk about autonomy and boundaries and, you know, the right, if somebody had told me I could have waited, waiting, honestly, the conversation of waiting until whatever the fuck, right. Just waiting didn't ever came up the conversation was always if you have sex and you have a baby you stay in school you get in a job you, like her plan was laid out for me yeah for when i'm fucking and having a baby but 
there was no mention of, but you could not have sex too, right? So I've been saying having sex for a long time. I yeah. tell people all the time I'm an honest hoe and all my hoes is honest. <laughs> um, you know, I've been having sex since I was 12. Mm-hmm. I am 42. So I got 30 years in the game. And I mean, that's not something that I'm bragging about, but I'm saying if I was taught that I could wait. Yeah. Or even it was if it was even mentioned. Yeah. I may have. Honestly, my my mother had foster children. And so I took care of the foster children during the day. I rarely went to school. And then I could be out at night as long as I was back by the time the kids woke up. What 12 year old? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I've always sounded this way. I've always looked this way, <laughs> give or take 100 pounds. No one believed I was 12. Why the fuck is a 12-year-old out at 9, 10 o'clock at night? Yeah. I've been the same height since I was 12. You know what I'm saying? Everything, I, so no one believed how old I was. So they engaged with me differently. So they didn't think about having conversations about waiting or that they're waiting or anything like that either because as far as they're concerned, I'm not who I'm telling them that I am. Yeah. Right? So they're handling me different. And I didn't have that conversation at home. That was important for me. So when we talk about who you had to talk to, um, I talked to my parents about it. It was more more uh, retroactively, though, like something would happen. It would be a teaching moment. Gotcha. Okay. Instead of me coming to have a conversation, because uh, my parents would walk around the house naked and I'd be like, but why? For whom? You know, so we have those kinds of conversations. Parents think that they are their, they want to be their child's go-to primary sexuality educator, but they're not equipped to do that. Say that um, again. Say that not again. At all. And a lot of parents assume their children are straight. Ooh, yes. Which will change the conversation that you have with your child, unless you have a sex positive space. Mm. If I ask my son, do you like anybody in your class? You like any of them little, you like any in your classmates? Uh, right? Instead of saying, you like, you got like one of them girls in your class? Which one of them little girls you like? I'm wow. down tell. I'm signaling to him what his answer need to be. Mm. So if he likes a boy, he's not going to say nothing. He's going to say, no, I'm like these little girls in my class. And so I'm going to default to, oh, he ain't worried about girls. So he's not worried about sex. And I'm wrong. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So if you ask your child, do you like any of your classmates? Then you may have a more fulfilling conversation. They're reacting, reacting to how you watch what's, what happens on television or whose music is playing or how you feel about this thing or that thing or these people's rights to exist in peace. Mm. Your children are watching you. So regardless of what you say, if your child is queer, queer meaning they are a gender or sexuality minority, okay? Because gender and sex are two different things. If your child is queer, they're not, you're, they're, you're showing them that you're not a safe space. And so you're not going to know anything that they're doing. Or they say, I have an open door policy. That means you're waiting on the child. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm, I have a homeboy. He was like, my sons, I told them when they're ready for sex, just come to me. We'll go get condoms or da, 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 da. I said, by the time they come to you, they've already had sex two, three, seven times. Say that my again. Name. My, you my, I mean? that was, yes. My dad that, told me that he was like, let me know. We want to, uh, we'll get you on birth control. I'm like, why would I do that? Like, why would I, Hey, guess what? I'm ready to have sex. Let's right. And birth control like, is good for other things too. That too. I was having sex at the age of 16, but mm-hmm. when I told my mom, cause I wanted to have the conversation, she acted like she was asleep. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. So, so another, uh, but that's a double-edged sword, right? So my mother also explained to me the marvels of menstruation. Mm, she had ahead of time, way before it was time for me to notice shit. She's what did she say? We talked, she pulled the books out, honey. We talked okay. about ovulation and the egg and what a menstrual cycle is and why it comes this way and what it kind of means for the rest of your body and how to navigate that. Every time she bought herself pads, she brought me pads from the time I was eight. Okay. So when I started my period at 10, 
I already knew what to do. She had already prepared me for success and I had a closet full of pads. So I just started doing what I know to do. I didn't tell her I didn't have a press conference. It wasn't an announcement. It just hit me. This example. Uh-huh. Basically, that's what you're saying with the parents having the conversation with your kids way beforehand. Because then you're like, oh, they told me this would happen. This might occur. If something goes awry or something new pops up, be like, hey, remember we talked about this? Well, we didn't talk about that. Right. Oh, wow. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. So I didn't tell her. I was just navigating my period. Then when I ran out of pads two years later, because that's how many pads she bought me. <laughs> I was like, mom, can you, when you go get to the store, can you get me some pads too? She's like, you ain't even started your period yet. I was like, girl, I've been bleeding for two years. Like, what are you saying? She made me go to the bathroom and show her my pad. Wow. Because I didn't tell her and we were synced up. So she didn't notice no extra pads in the trash or nothing. Cause we live together. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it didn't dawn on me to tell her because she had already prepared me for success. And she didn't so, tell you to tell her either. And I mean, but why, I mean, why do we need to know if we prepared our children for success? Why do we need to know? Ooh, that's, that's a, a control one. kind of thing. Come that's on. their business. So <gasps> people ask me all the time because I have a 25 year old, 23 year old, 18 year old, and a six year old. People ask me all the time, are your kids sexually active? Well, I'm sure the 20 somethings are fucking mainly because they've both been caught fucking. Not in my house, at the other people's house. But my 18 year old, my, my 25 and 23 are my bonus children from my husband's marriage, from his previous marriage. My 18 year old is mine from previous marriage. And we have the six year old together. So I said, what well, is your son? The 18 year old, is he having sex? And I was like, I don't know. I prepare him. He, I, we handle self-pleasure with condoms. If you have a child that has a penis, you give them condoms to masturbate with. Easy cleanup. No, I'm joking. Go ahead. Well, it is easy cleanup. <laughs> it's easy clean. That's the third reason. So it's three reasons. The first reason is they start to get, there's a skill building. They get used to putting the condom on because they masturbate pretty frequently, I hear. Um, then it's they start to make the mental association and the physical association to pleasure and condom use. Mm. Because the oh, main complaint goody. is it don't feel the same. It don't feel right, right? But wow. if that's all you know, then you're going to be good. Wow. And then the easy cleanup, right? So he knows how to use condoms. That's how we manage self-pleasure. Now he got a girlfriend. They in love or whatever. He's 18. I didn't know if they were having sex or not because I, I made sure he has condoms. It was honestly, I feel like I have trained him well. He is prepared for success. So if he wants to share that with me, he can. But if not, it doesn't matter. I found out he's fucking because he Instacarted some condoms. <laughs> and I was like, you got a whole sex, like it's a whole drawer. Like we got condoms everywhere in this house. But you Instacarted some condoms. He was like, they don't fit right, blah, blah, blah. So we had to have a conversation about that and get them some better, you know, some I better, love it. a different condom, you know, fit or whatever. But I'm just like, sir, you're not out here. Like, I didn't know he was having sex and I didn't care. I, I, I want to know that when it's time for him to raise, make that life choice, he's going to make the right decision. So it's not my business whether he's active because I've trained him for that, for those choices. I don't have kids, but you are really dropping some gems that is really blowing and it's making me happy that you're out here spreading this. Like the fact that you said people are asking if he's having sex question, why? Well, they're asking me like, they, you know, cause we're talking about parenting and things like that. So like, you know, wouldn't know. how did your son tell you he was having sex? Ah, like, you, didn't. you know what I'm saying? Gotcha, I'm like, gotcha. he didn't, I didn't know. Cause you know, you know, and that's how that conversation begins. And then people start to question their need for control. So my parenting style is guidance, not control. Ooh. I got, oh, my body. Woo. Like, <laughs> so because of those two things, right? Yes. When you make that shift, when you make that shift to guidance instead of control, because you're supposed to be living your life. Yes. 
not your child's life. Yes. Right. So if you're living your life, if you are living your life and you're my, my children get to see me living and breathing what I love to do every day. Ooh. Right. I'm so I'm living my it. life. I'm modeling my life. I got two master's degrees while these motherfuckers was in high school. <laughs> I got, you know what I'm saying? I, so we are, I'm modeling for them and helping guide them. And I prepare my job as a parent is to prepare my children for success, whatever that looks like for them. Mm. I'm so when they say they want to do something, I try to align them with that. And all, everything I'm saying to you is sex positive parenting. We don't mm. realize it, but it's sex positive parenting because if I'm, if I'm operating from a place of guidance, that means I'm training my children to best practices and preparing them for success when they leave. Right. And so that makes them have to think for themselves and navigate for themselves before they get out of my house. Yes. So when they get out of my house, they can stay out of my house. Mm, say that again. You know what I'm saying? Because you know they're coming back. But if you prepare them before they even leave, there's a better success rate, right? And so that's what I'm saying when I sex positive parenting, because the first step in becoming a more sex positive human being is starting to question the sexual scripts that you've been given by society and which ones are you know, harmful to you, which ones still serve you, et cetera. And when you start to question everything at that point, it's the first step, right? And so allowing and empowering your children to be able to self-correct yes. and think for themselves. Self-correct, think for themselves, critical thinking. That is where I feel like- Accountability and responsibility. Mm, All of that is sex positive parenting because that's how they're going to show up in their romantic relationships as well. My audience is between the ages of 28 and 59, where the mm. bulk of them are 35 and 44. So mm. many of them have children. Have children. And this is the time for them to be able to at least shift some of the things because the, the, the way we were parented in that yes. generation, because I'm 42, yes. so I'm in, that, I'm in that group. The way we were parented looks very different. And I'm not saying be permissive. I'm saying be inspiring. And so we hear often because of how you were raised permissiveness as, you know, not actually parenting your children or, you know, not being, you have to control because we were raised in control. And so then we raised in control while we resented it ourselves is good on. enough for our kids. Right. And so we have to kind of, that's really what breaking generational curses looks like in my opinion. And like I said, if it's not accessible, it's not revolutionary. And I consider myself a revolutionary. This is the kind of shit I'm talking about. Yeah. When people think about me, they think about pleasure and sex toys and dildos and orgasm, because I think that black pleasure is revolution as well. Right. And pleasure and sex are two different things. I'm a pleasure professional. Mm. What's the easiest way for you to differentiate what pleasure and sex is? What does that look okay, like? Okay. Um, the easiest way I differentiate that in my work is sensuality versus sexuality. So we often conflate those things as if they're the same, but they are not. So sensuality is experiencing non-sexual pleasure through all six of the senses, oh. sight, sound, taste, touch, scent, and feel. Right? My heart got happy. That's that. And that was, that's a sensual experience. My heart, I was like, sexual. You see wow. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when you, when you live sensually experiencing non-sexual pleasure, mm. then when it's time to get sexual, you will then experience sex through all six of those senses, which makes you more receptive to the over 18 different kinds of orgasms that the human body has to offer. So I'm a pleasure professional. Ah, love that. Right. And so non-sexual pleasure and sexual pleasure, non-sexual pleasure is like how you got that heart quickening, right? That is a non-sexual joy. That is a joy. Right. And so that is what sen sensuality is. The, you know, the sun on your face, the yes. wind across your shoulders. Just, you know, when you hear a song that sounds like a beautiful day in a cute outfit. <laughs> like today. You know, 
you know what I'm talking. You know exactly yes. what I was talking about. That is a, a, a sensual pleasure mm. when you go out to eat with your friend and you give them a hug and they have on something that feels good in your fingertips and they smell amazing and you just miss that hug. You know, because with the COVID and everything, that skin to skin, yes. that person to person. Then you sit down in a beautiful restaurant. So you're looking at everything. Everything looks good. You order something. You smell it coming from the kitchen. Yes. The food tastes like the angels are in the kitchen cooking, making it for you. You dancing. Like you know what eating. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All of that is pleasure filled. Everything I just described to you was pleasure. And it wasn't sexual pleasure. And like I said, we don't delineate between the two anymore. Oof. But if you give yourself non-sexual pleasure, the way you move through the world is going to have such intentional gratitude that when it's time for you to get sexual, you're not just kissing a person. It's the softness of your lips on their lips, the wetness and warmth of the breath and the tongue and how you're sharing the same breath in the midst of that kiss. That is what that becomes, right? You're performing oral sex on your partner. You're not thinking about, you know, putting a dick in your mouth. Yes. (laughs) So you're thinking about the firmness against the softness of your lips, the weight of it on your tongue, the way it caresses the roof of the mouth, the pleasure sounds that they're making, the way they hold their breath in anticipation of what you're going to do next and how they relax their bodies when you do it. Mm. All of that is non-sexual pleasure. You're engaging in sexual pleasure and in, in just absorbing all the other aspect of that pleasure and how it shows up. And that is the difference. I know exactly what you're talking about because a week ago, me and my husband, we were just like kissing. Like normally kissing is like an accessory. Eh, mm. You know, we'll pack. It changes when you get married. So we've been married. We'll, it'll be six years in May. And this time, like a week ago, we were just, I was doing everything you were saying. Like just it, he, his lips felt different. His tongue felt different. Just the sensation, like we had sex, but we didn't even need to have sex. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. the first time that I and him, he was like, yo, we didn't even really need to have sex for real. Like it was amazing. And because we were connected on different levels. There was less yes. to the pleasure. Yes. And oh man, like I have so many. All right. So there's, since we're on so the that's topic a whole of, workshop. What we yeah, just about this, Okay. Yeah. So sensual intelligence is a workshop. Sensual so, intelligence. Uh, intelligence. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it is. When you become intelligent and aware mm-hmm. of your six senses as a part of how you move through the world, it looks different. And so what the workshop is, we're doing what we did just now. We delineate between sensuality and sexuality. We give several examples of each sense. We go through all six of the senses and we talk about a sensual pleasure and a sexual pleasure. But we talk about the sexual pleasure via the sensual lens. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then at the end, I give you like some actionable items that you can easily and free uh, incorporate into your life to improve your connection to your sensuality and start that journey for yourself. So it's a, it's about 60 minutes. It's not even in person time. or online. Oh, they're online. Um, okay. And I'm actually, I just did one. So I'm about to launch the replay on sale on the website and it comes with like a worksheet. So you can kind of work through and do okay. some things. And so, but I haven't put the replay up yet because okay. I like to edit them. Now I'm starting to, I want to improve production value. And I think it's important again the accessibility piece so um i am taking them down one by one and adding the captions and kind of breaking them into segments and doing things like that because it makes it more accessible for people a lot of times studies show people watch videos in places they're not supposed to like the toilet or a meeting or on a zoom not on a meeting (laughs) (laughs) on a meeting in in actually in a boardroom with people um and so the the captions help for hearing people and hearing impaired people 
Yeah. Um, and so right now the replays don't have captions. And so I'm going to go back and do the captions and things like that. So sensual intelligence will be the first replay that has captions. Yay! And I thought it would be important to do it that way because again, it plays into the site. Yes. Of it all, right? Oh, so, that's so exciting. That'll, that'll be um that'll be, it'll be up before March is over. Okay. Um, because I want to start April with sensual intelligence, but like I like I said, so I do the sexy stuff, like the fun, but I do the hard skills and the soft skills. So I have like sensual intelligence. I have uh one called relationship goals, which when it's you explore your anger, apology, and love language, because mm. most people only know about the love languages. Yep. But the apology language and the anger language matter just as much. We talk about those and talk about, we explore all of them. And then we talk about way, which ones you are, and then ways to, again, apply it to your existence. I really try to make things accessible and applicable for people. One of the things that God has blessed me with is the ability to take higher level ideas and frameworks and concepts and make them into bite-sized pieces that are accessible to people that don't do this work. And then the inner educator in me wants to give them like an assignment or an activity, a check for understanding, if you will, um, so that they can apply it to their lives. So like I said, people think of me some people, depending on where you meet me, you don't know what you're going to get. Like if you meet me at, if, I, if I'm teaching at Johns Hopkins about sex, gender, and orientation, and then I'm at Tulane the next week doing sex trivia. I saw that. I'm yeah. Back, I'm back up here at the mayor's office uh, at UT Arlington talking about vasectomies as a birth control option because <laughs> women's health, mind. or I'm doing sex toy Saturday and talking about all the different ways that this toy can be used for sexual pleasure. Like it really depends on where you meet me, but every single time I'm connecting back to pleasure. You definitely are. Like, even just what we just went through. Like, in my head, I had a couple of ideas of things we could talk. But this was way more beneficial and valuable and exciting. And just my brain is so happy right now. Like, literally, like, it's so happy. And I wanted to ask, what is one question you wish people would ask you that they don't? Oh, I don't know. I I do know that I wish people asked me more questions about me as a person versus me as a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but professionally, I don't no, know. No, go ahead and do personal. That's fine. Like no, I don't know. I don't okay. I don't I don't know what I wish I'm I'm I wish people knew that I was more than what I do, but even because I'm passionate about what I do, everything I do brings me joy. So it's still non-sexual pleasure, but still. You know, um, I just, I don't know. I wish, I I just wish people, you know, when you meet people, you put them in a box sometimes. Yes. Specifically sexuality professionals as the deal. I have t-shirts that say dildo dealer and everything else. You know, I'm a business. Oh, yes. I'm I'm an educator and I don't, I don't want to be famous. I want to be impactful. I I, I know I'm just one person, (laughs) but I saw your Instagram. You're very impactful. I didn't even know you. So for a man that I met only a couple times in a networking group on Zoom to post you, me to go to your page and be like, oh, I want to reach out to her. Because my brain just started going like, how did you get into this? I was just curious just of what you were posting. So for those who don't know, I had posted or reposted what Goody had posted. And it was a very, how, do, how would you explain the image? Very retro. A pop art, a black pop, pop art. Thank you. Yeah. Black pop art that says, Riding dick is an exercise. First thought I had was, that's hilarious as fuck. (laughs) Second thought I had was, I want to repost this. 
The third thought was like, yo, are people going to judge me? Like you were saying, like, are they going to put me in this box? And I'm like, wait a minute, what am I thinking? I was like, this is funny. I'm sharing it. And I want to break myself free of the box that I put my own self in and talk about other things that I am so curious about. Mm-hmm. I literally wanted to talk to my mom about having sex. I wanted to have the conversation and not even like, hey, girl, you, you fucking like, but just mm-hmm. like, okay. I told my best friend who is a male when I lost my virginity. I ain't tell my sisters. Mm. I ain't tell my mom. And I was like, it hurt. Like, I know they said it hurt, but it hurt the second time. Like, how many times is it supposed to hurt? I didn't know I was going to bleed. Mm. So it was just a lot of things that I felt like I didn't have the ability to really talk it through. Me getting my period, it just popped up at a friend's house. Mm. I wanted to go home. I didn't know what to do. Even though I saw my mom show my older sister, because we're two years apart, me and my older sister. And then my younger sister were about a year and a half, I think. And I didn't have any pads. Right. So it was, it, it, I just, I'm okay with what happened, but I'm thankful for people like you. Well, that makes me happy. Like my, my daughter is six. She's not going to know pads and tampons. She's only going to know things, panties and discs. And you know what I'm saying? Like, she's not going to know any of the shit I went through, you know? And I think when we think about our kids or we think about as, even not as parents, but you have access to children that you have influence with. Yeah. It's not one conversation. Yeah. It's an ongoing series of culture building conversations and activities. Like you said, lost your virginity. That would never come out of my child's mouth because that's not even how we frame it. Mm. She started having sex. Nice. I started having sex. Sexual debut, if you want to call it that. Oh, I like but, that. But 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 it's not lost of virginity. You didn't lose anything. The conversation yes. around women's pleasure is non-existent and it's penis shaped in the sense that it's very heteronormative. And it's in the sense that we are supposed to maintain our sexual health for our partner's pleasure. Mm. It never is. The pleasure conversation doesn't happen. We don't even talk, have the same conversations around self-pleasure with young girls that we have about young with young boys. Facts. Most, most girls don't even get a talk around masturbation or self-pleasure. Nope. And you know, on Facebook, it'll go around every year or so. But would you buy your 14 year old a vibrator? I, I absolutely would. I would. Would. And I and I would buy my 14 year old boy a pocket pussy. I sure would because now people think vibrator they big old penis <laughs> vibrator, right? Yeah, bullets are vibrators too. Yes, you know a little a little bullet with a finger strap on it, so she ain't got to try to juggle the bullet and herself. Listen, because then she's gonna be able to connect to her pleasure. And in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right at the bottom, food, water, shelter, pleasure. And what happens is when you can give yourself that pleasure, that's in parentheses, you move to the top of the pyramid fast to that self actualization. Okay, so when you are able to provide your child with the tools and education necessary to provide their own pleasure, they move differently. Studies show that children that have masturbation and sex toys wait longer to have sex. They have they report more satisfying sex and higher relationship satisfaction. For those of us that didn't have that conversation, that didn't get a a vibrator or even have a conversation about pleasure in the home, the first little motherfucker come whispering and telling us we pretty. Yeah. And then we the sex might not even be good, but it's all we know. And it felt good to us at the time. Then we get better and look back at our young self like you were tripping. Yeah. But if you can skip, if you're a female child, because you have a conversation with your boy child about pleasure and masturbation. If you're a female child could skip all the dumb shit that she went through, that you went through, that all the all the wasted time in relationships that didn't work because of the D. Because you were depending on that man for your pleasure or that woman, that partner for your pleasure, but they weren't good for you. They was just good to you. Mm. Right. 
you can skip all of that because you can you know that you can provide your own pleasure so you're not looking to them for that if they're not an actual good person they can go because you can provide your own pleasure if you have to so your relationship satisfaction looks different the way you choose partners looks different wow why wouldn't you sign your child up for that i'm always curious to know why control Ah, there we go. I was like, what is it? Yes, it it's goes, yes. Because men, hierarchy, patriarchy dictates that men suppress women and their pleasure because that's what men bring to the table. I'm going to pay you this money. I'm going to give you this dick. You give me this pussy and raise these kids, mm. right? Mm. That's the social mm. contract. But if we can provide our own pleasure and we can get our own jobs and we can get our own education, now we can do all this other shit for ourselves. The only thing they think they can provide for us is dick, which is supposed to be the only source of our pleasure, assuming that we even like men and penis. Mm. So now that you don't even have that to bargain with, you got to be up. to your own pleasure. <laughs> now, if you're connected to your own pleasure, I have to shame you. So you get back in your place. Ooh. I got to make you feel like you loose or you a hoe or you a slut or you whatever. Somehow less than a good girl or a woman, a Mm. real woman. You're somehow less than if you enjoy sex or you enjoy having sex. If if you find pleasure in that, there's something inherently wrong with you. Jeez, yes. Because you're only supposed to find pleasure with a man and that's it. Mm. The pleasure gap, the orgasm gap says different (laughs) okay the orgasm gap says that heterosexual women finish last wow they they experience orgasm the least amount of times in their lives they're like a 40 percent whereas lesbians are like a 80 percent and gay men are at like a 90 percent wow that should let you know right there that sexuality is not a choice because why would we keep choosing (laughs) underwhelming orgasm Uh, you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so i just I think that we have to have these conversations because you would, if, if by getting the right education for your child and having the healthy conversations and then buying them this sex toy could help prevent all of that. The guidance in you wants that for your child. The control in you is jealous because they get it and you didn't. Say that part again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That jealousy can creep in easy. I caught wow. myself being jealous of my kids because I don't have what they had. If life happened to them outside this house, they could come back here. I can't go to my mama's house. I'd be on the news. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? We have our children are older. We didn't put them out when they turn 18. We want them to be here, figure themselves out, go to school, learn a skill. Yes. And then, you know, so they can move out and stay out. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm not tripping. But I was a 22 year old divorced single parent. My life looked real different than my yeah. kids' lives. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I caught myself being resentful. Like, man, if I only had to worry about me, you know what my life would look like? Yes. I have never in my life had to only worry about myself, to be clear. Me and my sister are 10 months apart. So she's always been, if it wasn't her, it was my mom's foster kids. It was, I had custody of my brother while I was pregnant with my son. Like, I've always had other people to take care of. Let me have only had to worry about me. Like, that would be nuts. And so I have found myself getting resentful in certain times, because, but then I'm grateful that I can help provide that for them. Exactly. And it's completely normal for you to feel that. Like Like, this is the generational curse breaking shit I'm talking about. And so for me, just like we carry generational weight in our body from all the previous generations of black trauma, we carry trauma in our genetics. We also carry joy Mm -hmm. in our genetics. I want to make sure that we're tapping into that because the concept of normal is subjective. That's why I was like, normalize this, normalize that. The concept of normal is subjective. This is normal in my house exactly as a kid I would always say that like you know I grew up with both of my parents and my husband Mm -hmm. had a single mom raise Mm -hmm. him and his siblings and I would tell him like they always say it's normal to have two parents and then you know maybe a dog like but who says that 
it sounds like your mom did, she did an amazing job with them talking about sex, teach, having them read books, do report. Like I told, I was like, oh, I just wish I could have done that. Like something. Yeah. She did a damn good job with them. And to me, I'm like, that sounds like that should be normal as a parent. Like I shouldn't be like, hey. <laughs> but that's also as a parent, because here comes another, here comes some more, because I'm all about language, right? Language is yes. a lot. So here check comes me, some more language me. arts. Here comes some more language arts for you. She was a parent. Some people say, I was the mother and the father. No, no, you was the parent. When you get into mother and father roles, name off the things that a mother yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. A mother has to cook and clean and educate and raise and rear and dress and shop for and manage households and make appointments, go to parent-teacher conferences, comb hair, you know, all yes, of that. That's 11 yeah. things. What does daddy got to do? What does the father have to do? Work. Go to work. <laughs> come <Take> home. <laughs> get the big piece of chicken. And if there's any discipline that needs to happen, maybe, right? Because wait till your father gets home kind of shit, right? Four things to them, 11 things I just named off. So guess what? Fuck that shit. Mothering is overrated. Yeah. I am not a mother. I'm a parent. My husband, who I call my partner, not my husband, because husbands are a liability. They're just another child. They're just another dependent. The husband is not held to the same standard as the wife. Okay. Mm. So I'm not a wife or a mother. I am a partner and a parent. And he is a partner and a parent. I don't, we have a six-year-old daughter. I don't bathe her. He bathes her. You know why? Because when mommy bathes her, it's get in, get out, lather your body, get... He bathed her, baby. He cut the Bluetooth speaker on. Aww. She in there having tea. I mean, they listen to the trap music, but he in there having, she in there having tea parties. She got her little mermaid tail on. She's swimming in Aww. the tub. Mommy's not having none of that shit, okay? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Wash your vulva. Wash your feet. Wash your face. Let's go. You know, she like it with daddy because daddy let her just take a bath and just, so that, so mommy doesn't do that. Yeah. Okay. Mommy doesn't wash clothes. I don't do laundry. That's not my ministry. You know what I'm saying? I went and got the big foot front facing with all the buttons and bells and whistles. Girl, I thought I was going to help the other day. I went in there trying to start a load of clothes. <laughs> I put the clothes in there and I looked at that machine like, nah, this ain't it. So I called my husband. I said, hey, I tried. It's, it, I, it's, <laughs> but I didn't want to push none of them buttons. I didn't know you had no presets for nothing. So I didn't do it. I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fuck his machine up. No, right? we don't, it's not my machine. We don't it's have kids. And I told my mm-hmm. husband the same thing. I was like, I don't want to fall into the role of everything like you just labeled. The, my mom mm-hmm. did a lot. And I was like, what the fuck I look like? We both had the kids. Your mom did a lot. And even your dad, even though your dad probably was active with y'all, it looked different, right? Completely so different. So that's why with his mom, she did, she parented. Yeah. She was, she did everything. Everything. Just like your mom was parenting and he was over here like vice parenting. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So when, it, when the partnership and the parenting come together, that's what it is, right? So you have to have a partnership to then become parents. And so that's why when I say the normal, the concept of normal is subjective, very much so like what you're talking about with your husband and his mother, she parented him yes, and his siblings. Whereas your mom was a mother. Yes. And honestly, when you are a single parent, because I've been both, I didn't marry my, my only husband, my partner. I have a husband who is a husband now. And I have a partner. <laughs> okay. I didn't marry my partner until my son was almost nine. So I was a single mother for a very long time. So I, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I appreciate you breaking down the partner because I would hear people say my partner. I'm like, why do people say partner? I was always curious, but I never thought to ask. As mm-hmm. soon as you said, I was like, that makes more sense. Like we in this together. Mm-hmm. And I would tell and my partner, ahead, I was like, mm-hmm. if we had kids, this is like years. We've been together for like almost 20 years. I remember telling him, I was like, if we have kids, I'm gonna leave you with the kids. If you break them, 
we'll figure it out. Like, I'm, I don't want to, because that's what my mom did. She didn't really want to leave us with my dad because like, oh, he don't really know what he's doing. Uh, neither Show one him. of y'all know what you're doing. Y'all Show need to come together. Exactly. So her and I had conversations of, nah, I'm not doing that. No. Yes. Exactly. I had a friend. We went out of town, girl. She got a babysitter for her kids. You had a whole husband at home. You got a babysitter to go out of town. I wish the fuck. I wish I would. Yeah. And that's what I was like. I would have done it. Tazamas and Howard may not have done it the way I would have done it, but they'll eat. They'll be clean. The house will not be burned down. Exactly. That's it. That's it. It might be chocolate cake for breakfast. It don't matter. (laughs) I was like, I don't know. That's it's too much. And my mom, I'm thankful for both my parents, but she's done so much. And I tell her all the time, like, I want you to live your life. Like, I want you to really experience how it feels not to worry about everybody because she has had to do that but i love you mama if you listen to this but yeah um i cannot wait i cannot wait when that six-year-old get grown baby when that six-year-old is 26 i cannot wait y'all not gonna y'all gonna be what they say that sound uh, prepare to be sick of me like (laughs) oh when they gone because we the six-year-old we had kids already and we was like we don't want more kids and then we were like our relationship is so amazing what would it be like to co-parent in this dynamic and so she was on purpose she's the only one that was on purpose so she is our social experiment okay you know but it's like making the conscious decision to co-parent yeah but even then like I, I said I have to correct myself now because I said I was a single mom I was not a single mom I had amazing support my ex-husband mom was amazing okay and so it's still amazing I was a parent that was single. I was not a single parent. Mm-hmm. When I think of a single parent, I think of someone with no support system, no nothing, no friends, no, no you know, you're a single parent. There's a difference between being a single parent and a parent that's single. Wow. That's, that's a couple of people just ran through my mind and they listened to this podcast and I hope they know that that message was for them because when they had their first child, they considered themselves as a single mom, mm-hmm. but they had support. Mm-hmm. So I I appreciate you highlighting that. That's the, if you have support, you are not a single parent. You're a parent that's single. And if you're a, and if you're a, if you're an unpartnered parent, right? You're a, if mm-hmm. you're a parent that's single, that calls you to be an even more diligent parent because you have all these things. But being a parent that's single only means that that part of your life, yes, is not a part of your kids' life. Your life, right? You are a partner that is single, mm. not a single parent. Mm. so there and that's a very very different those are di- different things so if you move through your parenting journey as a parent that's single and not a single parent it reframes that for you because you acknowledge and appreciate your support system you understand that your children have a support system you may not necessarily have the support you need the emotional support you need yes. maybe the physical support from a partner but your children have what they need because you have support in that way and so it gives you like an intentional gratitude again Mm -hmm. that's a non-sexual pleasure because the relief that comes with that is a that knowledge is a joy yes and you know yes it reframes the journey for you in a way that can help you move through a little easier especially when it's when you get overwhelmed because it happens to the best of us yeah wow goody this (laughs) i can't wait to re-listen to this to edit it to take out the gems and share it at the end but i really uh want the people to be able to reach out to you to show their appreciation their gratitude for goody sharing Mm -hmm. all this knowledge and just being open don't forget about the class share your class Share where people can reach out to you and get in touch. Okay. Well, um, I am Ask Goody on all social media platforms at 
A-S-K-G-O-O-D-Y, because everyone asked Goody everything. So that's just how that came to be. I love it. Um, when I first got on Twitter, I was good and shit, because I say and shit a lot. I say and shit a lot. So much so <laughs> it was my original Twitter name. But it was hard for people to find me for things. And so once I changed my Twitter, I was like, I'm going to just make them all ask Goody. So I'm Ask Goody on all social media platforms. My website is askgoody.com. And... um. My email is askgoody at gmail.com. Um, you can join the Goody Gang, which is my email list that is on the website or on my link in bio on any of my social medias. Uh, you join the Goody Gang and you'll find out about discounts and new toys and new t-shirts and get sex tips. And when I start back traveling, you kind of get to inform where I go, things like that. Y'all find out when new classes drop so you can buy yeah. your tickets. You find out 48 hours before everyone else because these things sell out so quickly. They're kind of cost effective. So you does not like you have to like, it's not like Beyonce tickets where you got to like <laughs> not pay rent. You know what I'm saying? You can still pay rent and go to my class, I promise. It's super affordable. You know, because I, I have definitely, there has been a time in life when I was like, fuck rent and went to go see Beyonce. <laughs> But so I'm not judging you at all. Um, but um, so I right now, March 30th is the first rideology of the year is on Zoom. Um, so that way I can accommodate more people. If you buy an online ticket, it's going to be March 30th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So that is 5 p.m. on the West Coast and 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Um, and I don't know where else in the world. I'm not trying to do that kind of math. Um, that's right. If you're not available at that time and date, that's fine. If you have a ticket, you get access to the replay for 30 days. So the Rideology class is the first one of the year. Like I said, you get 30 days access to the replay um, on March 30th. And tickets are only, I want to say they're $40. I think they're 45 Maybe, maybe they're at 45 it. Maybe they're 45, which is a steal, really, because the, the things that you learn in this class change your dick riding game for life. If you want to be able to ride dick for more than two minutes at a time um, without your, your knees popping and your check engine light <laughs> coming on, you know, this is the class for you. These are ex these positions are low impact on the knees and back. I took into consideration penis size, be it you have a huge partner or a smaller partner, uh, partner size. If you mm. if you're plus size, if your partner's plus size, if he's skinny, if you not, whatever the case may be, um, I take that into consideration as well with the positions that I've kind of that I highlight in this workshop. We also talk about adding toys to your ride game, and this class talks about how to we teach you how to um, ride with your vagina, your anus, or caressing two vulvas together. So it's really important that we understand that this is a partner on top workshop. And again, it's about how to connect to your pleasure. Um, I even teach a class. I, I had some lady take it. Her husband has a spinal cord injury. Oh, wow. So she's always on top. And she was just like, this changed the game. Oh, for man. Mm. And it just, it made my heart so happy. I didn't Ooh. even realize the, that application of Ooh. this workshop. And so now she's a member of um, Wives and Girlfriends of People with Spinal Cord Injuries. It's an organization. And oh. so now I do two discounted, severely discounted rideologies a year for that organization. And we're talking about reaching out to other organizations similar because I didn't even understand the application of that and how that could really change lives for people. I'm always excited to to learn, even as the educator, new ways to apply the things that I'm teaching. Um, even in rideology, I have a, um, I had a trans masculine client and he and his wife were in the class and they, he said he felt so affirmed and they had, you know, mm. so many new things to try. And I was just so excited and they were actually present in the class. I did one at, um, cool. sit down, I did at Sex Down South Atlanta and they were actually present and he was the only man that I've ever had present in the class before. And so they could kind of practice the positions together at the time. I was going to ask, could, uh, like the couples come together? Yeah, in, like... So in real time, now okay. when I do it in person, I couple everybody off. 
Okay. So it's usually two women because mostly women take the class when it's when it's in person. And so then you kind of you I and I encourage people to bring your friend with you. Tell them to buy a ticket too, so you know who you hunching on. But if not, oh, honey, gotcha. we're gonna spin the wheel. Um, and then people that are super uncomfortable, I let them partner with me. So I may have two, three, seven partners that we try that I let them try the position on me because they're more comfortable that way. Yeah. Um, but I want you to kind of put your body in the position so you see how they feel different from how you've normally been getting on top. Um, so it's all about stamina of confidence and control and so that's why it's like that, that's why I love this class the most right it's my easiest one to teach it's my funnest one to teach it has the most implications but the way I teach I teach at, I don't teach orientation I don't teach sexuality so I teach like writing like I said it's writing with your anus your vagina or caressing two vulvas together because um people's vulvas have anuses too mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and so even if you're even if you're a man and you're riding on another man, that I'm teaching how I'm teaching you how to get up there with confidence, control, and stamina. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when I teach my oral sex on a penis class, I have guys ask me, yo, can I come to that class? Can I come to that class? Yeah, if you second dick. This is the class for you if you're sucking dick. I don't have, I don't care if men are there if they're engaged in the information. Now, yeah. If you're just coming because you want to see other women performing on these dildos, then you can't be in here because yeah. you have to actually be putting the dildo in your mouth as well. Um, when I do it online, it's webinar format, so you can only see me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Online is webinar format. It makes it easier for me to do the, to edit the replays that way. But also people kind of learn differently when they don't feel like they're being, you know, surveilled. Absolutely. Um, And that, and and the educator in me understands that. So I, especially with this kind of content. So I really try to make sure that people understand. Like, so I have cupcakes and cunnilingus coming up on April 11th because steak and blowjob day was March 14th, right? That's the masculine response to Valentine's Day. I didn't even know that. I only knew that because of you. It's the whole thing, right? So I did a a steak and blowjob day class where I partnered with a black chef and she did a steak recipe and she gave us her steak preparation tips and stuff before the class started. And then we did the blowjob class. And that was on March 11th to give people time to go buy their steak and stuff like that and watch the replays and all of that. April 14th is Cupcakes and Cunlingus. So April 11th, I'm teaching a class for the uh, oral sex on a vulva. Because it's the feminine response to steak and blowjob day. So cupcakes and cunnilingus. And so I have partnered with a baker and she's doing a, I'm calling it, she hasn't given me the name of the cupcake yet. It's a goody inspired cupcake. She was like, it's going to be, if goody was a cupcake, this is what the flavor (laughs) is. is So she has not told me. So we're going to say a goody inspired cupcake. So she's giving us a cupcake recipe. And then she's also going to do like her baking tips and trips, like fluffier, you know, Mm. fluffier cakes or whatever before the workshop begins. And then we're going to go over the oral sex on a vulva workshop and so anyone that's performing oral sex on a vulva can take this workshop because it's webinar format if you have a vulva and you're curious about oral sex on a vulva maybe how to make it better experience for you or for the partner that you have if you have somebody that's giving you oral sex and you have a vulva send them to this workshop and again you get the replay for 30 days but i try to make things that are accessible for people but i try to make them fun yes so the, I learned some steak stuff, child. I don't even eat meat. I learned how to make, <laughs> my husband does. I learned how to make steak. I was like, why well, I never did that? Why you can't? Did you know you're not supposed to put take the steak out the pan with a fork? Yeah, you don't want to pierce all the juice. It dries it out. And, I yeah. have no idea. I don't, I don't eat steak either. I, no. I used to love steak when I ate meat. That was my shit. Ribeye? Oh my God, that was my shit. But mm-hmm. I never knew how to prepare it. I would just order it or go to I'm a restaurant. I'm, I'm more excited about this cupcake. Like, I'm like, all right, Listen, man. <laughs> I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna do a YouTube where I make the cupcake. Nice, I'm excited. nice. I'm excited. But yeah, so it's a it's a whole thing. But so the rideology is March 30th, and the cupcakes and cunnilingus is April 11th. And so those are the two classes that I have now. I'm adding sensual stretch 
And sensual mm-hmm. stretch will come out the first Sunday of every month. Okay. So it's only going to be $10. It'll come out the first Sunday of every month. And you can do that stretch routine all month. Okay. And then you buy the new one. When the new one comes out, you get a new one when you do that stretch routine for that month. And it's set, like, what is the stretch for? What is the intention? So, so, so people, so general health, right? Sexual health is public health. So stretching not only helps, not even, I'm not even going to talk about the sexual benefits yet. I'm going to tell you what stretching does first. Stretching helps with your posture, your gait, your hip health, your joint health, right? It helps you stay mobile independently for longer. Mm-hmm. My grandmothers are in their late 80s and early 90s and no one's walking with a cane. My grandfather, right. two grandfathers that just passed away in the last six months, they were 91 and 92 years old and walked independently. Wow. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, because they, and my grandmother stretched every day. It helps with spinal cord stability, like spinal stability and all of that. So then, and flexibility decreases with age. So when you're stretching, it helps with all of these things. And so when you're, when you stretch like your rib cage and things like that, it helps with your pulmonary health because your, your lungs can expand differently. Like it touches all these different buttons. And we even talked about the sexual benefits yet. You know what I'm saying? But the flex flexibility is a benefit when it comes to sexual pleasure, right? Range of motion, activity of limbs, yes. all is a benefit when it comes to sexual pleasure. So it helps you. So if you do, you add, like when you get up in the morning or before you go to bed, you stretch before you do anything else. It should be like brushing your teeth. I'm you excited. So, so it's I'm, a thing. Oh, so wow. I have different things that I'm trying to expand my brand recognition, right? Because people know Goody is the dildo lady. People know Goody is the, you know, the blowjob lady, the, you know, the rideology lady. But I want people to understand that there is so much soft skill in sensuality and how it touches everything we do. I want to show how sensuality is omnipresent for every, every human being on this planet. When we talk about sensuality being omnipresent, I'm showing you the different ways that shit is sensual for you and you didn't even know it. Like I did a video about eating an orange like last month or so. It was a video about eating an orange and how just eating an orange is a sensual experience. Like, and it was just my hands on the video. It was just my hands peeling the orange. I had to time elapse that thing because honey, it took me a minute. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I want to show how everyday things bring you joy and yeah. bring you pleasure. So then you start looking for those things and you start paying attention to how you move through the world. And so that is going to change your life. And when you have better life satisfaction, you know, you have better sexual satisfaction. Yeah. And people that have better sexual satisfaction tend to have better relationship satisfaction. You That's know, dope. it's all interconnected. Yes. It's, I'm, a, I'm very much a systems theory kind of person. Um, and so I know that it's, I feel like it's all connected and I just want to highlight how it's all connected for people and how real accessible and everyday sensuality is because people think it's this reserved time for satin sheets and candles and <laughs> soft music and no sensuality is going for a run mm, good you you have done that today like I want you to really feel affirmed in that like you have definitely given me so many different visions of how you are being revolutionary you're yes. doing it like seriously yes like, thank you it wasn't on my mind to talk about like the toys and stuff but just mm-hmm. the education part for the younger generation is already like, I'm like, that is genius. So I really want you to commend yourself, celebrate yourself today and in knowing that this will be shared. And definitely if you want to come back, you can come back. Of course. But I am just so thankful and just pleased that we were able to do this together. So I really, really, really appreciate it. You know, I will tell you this, 
it is very rare that people let me get on their platforms and just ramble. Really? And I'm, uh, yes, like they give me bullet points or talking oh, points no. or, I'm there to, or I'm there to promote one of my things or I'm there because like May is masturbation month. So I'm like, that's a very busy podcast time for me. So we're there talking about, you know what I'm saying? Or they just want to hear about the toys. Or they just want to hear about orgasms. Or they just want to hear about like, so I don't get to like shine light on the other facets of myself and, or, and, and my work. I'm just going to say thank you for that and give hmm. me a that because I get to like talk about all the things people don't even know all the shit I can talk about and connect it right back to pleasure and sex I can connect everything that happens in the world back to the absence or presence of comprehensive sexuality education every 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 social ill we have on this planet is connected to the expression oppression or repression of human sexuality Which goes back to just joy. It. And people don't know right. what joy is versus happiness. Right. And or busyness compared to productivity. Yes. Like people are like, how was your day? I was like, it's very productive. I don't like saying busy. I'm like, I wasn't just right. I was like, no, I was intentional with my time. I got the work done that I wanted to get done. I got it done actually quicker. Oh, that took me a little bit longer. I don't want to say I'm busy anymore. I was productive mm-hmm. today. Now I tell people at the end, you say, have a nice day. You know, at the end of your emails, I say, have a restorative evening. Aww. Because I'm like, because I feel like language is alive and it lives in and on people. So it I does. say, have a restorative day. Have a restorative evening. That's like, ooh, restorative. That's a big one. You got to think about that one. You don't have to think about have a nice day. All right, so we're going to do this. We're going to end this. I'm going to say, have an stimulating and energetic ooh. weekend. Goody. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I just want to cry out of joy and like, oh, goody. Thank you uh, so much. Mm. Oh, my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And now, Unstuck Affirmations. Yeah. Yeah. I stay unstuck by making time to do things that don't require my brain because I have a thousand tabs open in my mind's browser. So it's always like, tick, 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 tick. you know, something's always doing something. There's always something. I stay unstuck by like control alt deleting that with just something that doesn't require my brain. Be it, you know, I could be listening to music. I could be coloring, which I love to do. Um, I like, if I do watch like mindless TV, I'll watch like HGTV or like a law and order or SVU or something because there's a beginning a middle and an end in a reasonable amount of time without having to wonder what happened or you know it has closure like you can't watch something that's a series like like married at first sight which is one i love to watch so <laughs> things that don't require my brain or how i stay unstuck i mean come on There was so much more we could have talked about, but I feel like we kept you long enough. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it on social media. Be sure to tag Goody at Ask Goody. And you can tag me as well at Crystal Clear Purposes on Instagram. And basically, we want to see the love and appreciation. And that is real. So go ahead and reshare it. And I'll reshare it as well. I hope y'all will attend Goody's upcoming event, Rideology. Tickets are only $45, March the 30th, 2022 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you can't make it, you will have the replay for 30 whole days. 
Be sure to follow at Ask Goody on Instagram, all the other social media outlets. Also, you can visit her website for more upcoming events that she's having at AskGoody.com. All of these links will be in the show notes, so just go ahead and expand the episode to see more. Here are the unstuck questions and gems that were dropped. Number one, Goody Howard, MSW, MPH, shared her answers to the DEI space, which is human variance equity. She created this framework. It shows you to pay and show respect in every way humanity shows up naturally. It's about making that space. Number two, parents think they want to be their child's go-to primary sexuality educator, but many are not equipped to do that. And that is okay. Number three, a lot of parents assume their children are straight. And in that thinking will change the conversation you have with your child, unless you have a sex positive space, which would result in a more fulfilling conversation. Number four, your children are watching you in everything you do, your reactions to seeing different people, the music you listen to, or the shows you watch. Ask yourself, what are you saying to your children as they're watching you? Number five, guidance over control. Have you questioned your need to know everything? Is that control or guidance? Which do you believe is most effective for you and your child to thrive in your individualized lives? Are you modeling the life you think you are? Number six, sex positive parenting is about guiding your children for best practices and preparing them for success when they leave the home It instills critical thinking skills, accountability, responsibility, and the ability to care for themselves and self-correct when needed. Number seven, questioning everything is the first step to sex-positive parenting and everything else in life. Starting with the sexual scripts that we've been given by society and discern which ones are harmful and which ones are serving you. Number eight, there's a difference between sensuality and sexuality. Sensuality is experiencing non-sexual pleasure through all six senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, scent, and feel. Giving yourself non-sexual pleasure, the way you move through the world will create intentional gratitude. Number nine, start the ongoing series of cultural building conversations and activities. Now, number Number 10, being a single parent is very different than a parent who is single. If you have a support system, you and your child, no matter what it looks like, then consider saying you are a parent who is single because that will allow intentional gratitude, which is a non-sexual pleasure. Don't forget what we talked about. We gotta keep each other accountable. So unlock your phone, hit this episode to enlarge it, hit the share button icon, AKA the little Pac-Man mouth with three little circles. And do what? You got it. Share this with two peeps. And here's the message you're going to send them. I got you. You don't even have to think about it. If only I had a goodie around when I was younger. Take a listen. That's the message. That's it, peeps. We are breaking generational curses. We're creating a sex positive culture. We are doing more than listening to a podcast and not taking action. Nah, what is the last A in Crystal's triple A's? If you know, you know. And I know you know. But if you don't know, go back and listen to the other episode to be in the know. You know? (laughs) 
sending you love and light through this mic as you write all of those 10 unstuck questions and gems to turn your actions into wins. Until then, peeps, stay unstuck. I should have kept this. Because that's what we, I talk about how adding sex toys, like to stimulate yourself while you're performing oral sex on your partner. That makes sense. Create, create sort of an operant conditioning of giving pleasure and receiving pleasure. Yeah. So then after a while, you have a Pavlovian response to where you may not even need the toys anymore to be able to reach orgasm from performing oral sex. All right, stop giving away all these tips. Y'all sign up for the wet workshop. And oh, look, I thought it, we would stop recording. No, no, we still go. I'll stop it right now, though. No, well, I'm going to say well, we thank you. But yeah, you're going to edit it out. Okay. I say thank you. No, I'm going to keep it in. <laughs> I'm keeping this part in, too, that I'm saying I'm keeping it. <laughs> it's like we in the studio. Yo, run that back, run that back. Right, right, I need, right. I need more snare. <laughs> <laughs> Turn me up in my headphones. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. We are out. Thank you, Goody. I appreciate you. Again, have a very energetic, stimulating Saturday and Sunday. And I cannot wait for people to hear this. So thank you.